1: Welcome back into another edition of The Fourth Man. I'm Anthony and I'm alongside the best Big 3 account in the universe, Big 3 News, aka Will, back with another edition. Happy Friday to you, Will. How's everything going for you over there? How are you feeling today?
2: Happy Friday, happy Friday. Uh, I'm excited. You know, it's been a very, it's been a pretty crazy, uh, you know, about a week and a half since we last recorded. So I'm excited to uh, recap everything
1: been eventful not just on the court but also off the court for us a lot of interesting things have happened but most importantly we've been able to get basketball back in the rhythm of things at least to some degree at least with these tournaments and summer hoops so we'll kind of break down how the ending of the tbt went and also preface the five tournament coming up we've touched on both of those things but before we get into that if you want to find the show on twitter instagram tiktok facebook any type of social media, you'll probably find it at Fourth Man Pod, and you can find our personal handles at A underscore Siggy and at Big Three News, of course. And if you're listening to us on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel, happy Saturday to you guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in and excited that you guys can join us. Okay, let's jump into it. We obviously had the basketball tournament that just happened. We're a little late to the party in terms of talking about the review the review and ending of it, but as we know by now, the Golden Eagles, the Marquette alumni team have come away with a million dollars beat sideline cancer, but a lot of eventful things leading up to, up to there. a lot of them involving our big three guys with Bayheim's armies, overseas elite, and even a big three prospect and the Golden Eagles. But first let's just let's just talk about how everything got there. I mean we obviously talked about Bayharm, Bayheim's Army's first win. They would go on to face Sideline Cancer, who was in that final. And as we know, Will, this was only the beginning of what was going to be a crazy ending for Sideline Cancer, just in general.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, that team really sort of, it was interesting. I feel like there were a lot of narratives going on in this TBT. You know, I feel like going into uh, Overseas Elite game versus Um, the herd everyone was talking about how the herd was this you know this cinderella story um you know uh who obviously we had on last episode you know it's baby basically this david and goliath um but then as soon as they got eliminated then sideline cancer became sort of this this underdog story right um so it was really and then the fact that they actually went on to beat um Overseas Elite was absolutely insane. Uh, Mo Creek, you know, he absolutely just went off, and he had actually a very good championship game too. But they have a couple of guys, Sideline Cancer, that, you know, they look like if they're not pro-ready, they're at least guys that look like they could step into the big three and make an impact.
1: Absolutely. So we saw Overseas Elite, their first game they played Armored Athlete, who they would go on to beat 76-70, which would end up leading to them playing Herd that, which, Will, you mentioned. They played each other, David, the, David and Goliath. Kind of scenario there ultimately overseas elite was just too powerful um knocked off heard that and ended their cinderella run but like you kind of mentioned sideline cancer took over that role um i thought it was kind of funny i saw uh he's been kind of tweeting about the basketball tournament and just some of the memories and i thought this one was pretty funny he tweeted this today and said let me see if i can find it because this, one, this is pretty funny is it the 2021 no, it had, to, it had to do with him playing... Oh, wait. Actually, I think you're right. Welcome to the year 2020, where me guarding Joe Johnson in a basketball tournament for a million dollars ain't even on the list of craziest things to happen so far. <laughs> 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 so true. And, and it, it's so fitting. But so, you know, obviously, that was sad to see their run in. But we wanted to see our, our big three guys advance. Overseas lead would go on to to face sideline cancer who actually knocked off Bayheim's army in a, in a crazy game where, you know, we talked with Dante about Bayheim's army and the type of team they had. And so just the way it ended, I think it was a 65 48 final. there, pretty crazy because we thought Bayheim's army was suited to potentially make a championship run. And, you know, they were knocked off by not only a Cinderella team, but kind of in an ugly fashion.
2: Yeah. I mean, it seems like everything that went right for Bayheim's army in that first game um went wrong in the second one. Like their that zone did not seem to be working. Um, they had a tough time rebounding. Their shots weren't going in. Um, you're you're 100% right. It uh it looked it first of all it almost was like a slugfest going into half. I think the the score was like 20 something to 20 something going into the half. You know, mm-hmm. it was just really just like a defensive slugfest. But then coming into that third quarter, sideline cancer just they just ran away with it. I mean, uh, so it definitely was not pretty towards the end. Did they end the game on a twenty-four to one run? Something like that.
1: I it mean, was something man, they just couldn't get shots like, yeah. to fall. It was no, nope. it was just you know one of those games where everything's just kind of going wrong, and unfortunately, in a single elimination tournament, that came to cost them. So ultimately, Silent Cancer would go on to face Overseas Elite, beat them by two points, like Will mentioned. Ultimately, facing the Golden Eagles, who after years and years of participating in the tbt and inching closer including last year being in the championship game and losing they finally got a hold of a championship and a million dollars which you know kind of sucks and in the sense of i mean this is just me being greedy and coming from uh financially wanting more but you know most of the tbt's in the past have been two million i think that's just because there's been more teams in place So now Mm -hmm. it's like, of course, the one year they win, they get the the million-dollar prize. But that's just me. (laughs) I'm sure they're not complaining. I'm sure they're not complaining either. I mean, I think think they got like 93K each. So, you know, congrats to those guys. And especially, you know, a big congrats to Mo Charlo, a guy that we were really looking forward to seeing participate in the Big 3, but he's been a part of that team for a couple years um, in the TBT and really excited to see him get a championship, get his fair share of the winnings. And hopefully we get to see him in the Big 3 next year. Well, I want to ask you, this is something kind of on the spot, kind of what I was thinking. Um, so if you don't have a great answer, you know, that's okay too. But I was thinking about it and, you know, we talked about how we were kind of speculating through the TBT and potential players. You mentioned some sideline cancer guys. Who is maybe one of your favorite players, or you can even throw out a couple of names, in the TBT that are a must-see next summer in the big three?
2: I'm sort of going to give a cheap answer to that question. I think this is the most exciting name to come out of the TBT weekend for the big three. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's, that's the
1: best answer you can give because ultimately that's who everyone wants to see, right? Mm-hmm. I mean.
2: 110%. I mean, the fact that he listed the big three by name. I mean, he said, I mean, let's just read the tweet. He said, I don't know if more guys will play in this league or not, but having platforms like the big three and also TBT is definitely intriguing and looks fun to be a part of. The camaraderie in the locker room and the team spirit of the sport is what you miss most. So anything is possible. Whew. That to me sounds like a man
1: that itching is missing
2: to itching to play. Yep, and, you- and the fact and listen, correct me if I'm wrong. But it sounds like just watching the TBT, this was almost like a tweet that was directed towards the big three, but he didn't want to be a jerk. So he almost kind of like included the TBT in the back burner.
1: Well, too, you know, I think. So Travis Diener is like the GM or, you know, the captain for Golden Eagles who played alongside Dwayne Wade. And there was a lot of questions mm-hmm. for him if he was actually going to play in the TBT. And I think they kind of teased it a little bit um, with, you know, actually not knowing the, the result. So, you know, Dwayne was closely watching the TBT, and like you said, maybe it was more so directed at the big three. But maybe he's just watching the TBT because you know, obviously, one, it's basketball being on, but two, watching a former teammate, watching your alumni
2: play. I mean, why wouldn't you, right? But well, let's well let's break this down, right? This because this is. Let me just give you a glimpse into my mentality in this. This is going to be interesting. He's live tweeting the TBT, right? Okay. That's the context. Would you agree? Uh, absolutely. Dwayne Wade is seeing at home watching TVT. He says, I don't know if more guys will play in this league. So to me, this league is referring to the TVT, right? Right. And then more guys would be referring to, you know, ex-NBA guys, guys like Joe Johnson, um, players of sort of that caliber. Oh, interesting. So you're you're, you're thinking like more guys
1: is in reference to like Joe Johnson type caliber. Yes. Okay. He
2: goes, but... Having platforms like the Big Three, which is the platform for guys like that. Right. And then he goes, and also the TBT, is definitely (laughs) intriguing and looks fun to be a part of.
1: Anything is possible. That's intriguing to me, the way you break it down there.
2: That's how how that reads to me.
1: I mean, I think that's fair to say. I mean, Joe Johnson is the biggest name the TBT has ever had, right? And for sure I, th- I think the tbt mm, yeah, 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 yeah i think the tbt is kind of geared toward more towards like the alumni teams maybe guys who didn't have the platform that you know others have had overseas guys whatever the case might be when you talk about the big three joe johnson might not even be the biggest name in the in the big three probably isn't the biggest name he's had the best best year by far best talent best by talent. Sure, but but he's not the biggest he, uh, no, name.
2: Definitely not the biggest name.
1: No, for sure. I mean, they went out and took um, care of that year one with Allen Iverson, if they're if we're talking big mm-hmm. names. So no, hundred percent I think I that's mean, a perfect way to look at it. And I think the more exciting part is that everybody in those comments, you know, we've talked about the big three has been a little quiet here as of late, um, just because obviously their season has been postponed until next year. But the more exciting thing was people in the comments being like, please come to the big three. We want to see you play in the big three. I mean, a lot of big three love. A ton. A ton. And, Will, just to, not to excite you too much, but, you know, when we're talking about guys like Dwayne Wade and guys that we'd want to see in the Big Three, another name that we've talked about that potentially has a chance of now coming to the Big Three at some point is, is your guy, Jamal Crawford, who, when we talked to Dermar Johnson, the biggest reason for him not wanting to come to play in the Big Three was because his last game was so incredible in the NBA, Yep. Now he's got another chance to play in the NBA. The guy feels like he's still 20 playing, he said. And depending on how his last game happens for the Nets, you know, maybe it ends on a game where he only scores like 8 points or something, whatever the case may be, maybe we'll have Dwayne Wade and and Jamal Crawford potentially playing next year in 2021.
2: Well, I'd actually like to bring up another point. I think that um, we're assuming that this is Jamal Crawford's last season in the NBA. Oh, I think I'm not trying be, to assume I, that at all. No, 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 I know, and I know you're not. I know. I'm saying. I'm saying. Um, a lot of people I are kind of like this back. is the who wrong. Yes. Okay. I think a lot of I think he's going to be back. I. I think that's I think, fair. I personally think you know as as an Avid fan, I think that if. Dinwiddie, if Karis Lavert, if guys like that get moved for a third star in the offseason, if you send guys to Washington for a Bradley Beal or something like that, I think to have Jamal Crawford, you know, to not not even be a six-man, because I don't believe he's a six-man on a championship team at this point in his career. Um, But at least to be, you know, That's the backup point off guard. Bench. yeah, Yes, or even the third-string point guard, right? Like, you take, like, you know, you replace basically, we had Theo Pinson with Jamal Crawford. You know, um, I believe it was Brian Windhorse or somebody said they were like, Listen, they're like everyone in the league loves Jamal Crawford, like he's a universally loved person in the NBA. So, if you're gonna have a championship contender in Brooklyn or anywhere, you know, I mean, we can talk about LA, the Clippers, um, Toronto, Boston, like it's not such a bad idea to have somebody like that in your locker room, not somebody at all, that can sort of deal with the media. Can you know, everybody likes him, so he's sort of you know already. That just automatically makes him a leader in the rock locker room, a voice that everybody respects. You know somebody that's going to hold people accountable, somebody that knows that ha- what has to be done. Um, listen, I agree with you. The first thing when I saw that um, he signed with Brooklyn, the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, wow, like, you know, first of all, this is huge. But then from a big three perspective, you know, all right, well, now he said that I'm not going to play in the big three unless I get another shot in the NBA. Well, here's his other shot. So there's a lot of questions left to be answered. But I think that honestly, at this point, I would say it's more likely that Dwayne Wade plays in the big three than Jamal Crawford. Oh,
1: 100%. 100%. Which
2: is a crazy statement to say.
1: It, it's crazy because for how much we were speculating it, for it to be so far-fetched, and for now it to be potentially, you know, the percentages of, of him playing might be 50% might be a little high, but like, you know, getting closer to that, um, you know, compar in comparison to like maybe like less than ten percent It's pretty crazy. And what I wanted to say too about the Nets, you know, they signed a couple guys that we were eyeing for the big three. I feel bad for Michael Beasley. It's like it's like the uh, the meme of the guy out in the Simpsons coming in the door and then right back out the door. I mean, I know. unfortunately, him coming, you know, testing positive for COVID doesn't give him a chance to play with the Nets. Another guy who's a, a scoring punch, like another guy who. A lot of big three guys know and have contacted about potentially playing with them, but yeah. does this does this heighten his chances of playing in the big three next summer? With I know, think so, I think him? so.
2: I mean, listen, I, you know, he wasn't really getting any traction before, and I think you know, same thing with Jamal Crawford. It's it's these sort of critical extenuating circumstances that gave him the opportunity to play in the first place, you know, because. Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley, there wouldn't be room for these guys unless, you know, unless a pandemic occurred and these guys and players got sick. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, So now, assuming that everything sort of goes back to normal for next season um, and guys aren't getting sick, you know, I don't know. That's, that's a huge if. Um, But, you know, I don't know. At least Jamal Crawford is going to have a shot to, to show where he's at, you know, at, at a yeah. skill level um michael beasley unfortunately isn't going to get that opportunity right so maybe now that he's like all right well listen you know i i got my opportunity in the nba so i know that it's not over but i i just need that shot just to show people what i got i'm gonna go dominate in the big three for a year uh i'm gonna basically try to do what joe johnson did um and i think that uh I think that's a good option for him at this point.
1: I think it's a really good option for him.
2: He's like, how, that. how old is Michael he? Michael Beasley he's only 31. is 31. That's you and crazy. I were Googling the same thing. That's so was, crazy. We were both yeah. typing that
1: out. <laughs> 31 years old. 31
2: years old. He's still in his prime.
1: Absolutely, 100%. We we know what type of player he can be. We we know what kind of impact he can bring. He's he's done it not in the, just in the NBA, but in other leagues. I mean... At this point, it's just been kind of some of the things that have happened like more so like off the court or just his attitude maybe towards, you know, I don't really know the specifics. You know, I only know what's reported, but, you know, really for him, it's just about trying to showcase how valuable you can be for a team and maybe even for a league. And that's kind of what Joe Johnson did. It was like he was so valuable to the big three's growth not only his team winning a championship, but the growth of a league that I think that's why he was afforded the opportunity.
2: Well, and- also too it's also too the other thing too, before you get off of that point, it's also too half of this is a business thing, right? So Joe yeah. Johnson proved how marketable he can be. Absolutely. I mean, the TBT basically just branded their entire tournament this year off of Joe Johnson. Yeah. You know. Um that's the fact point. that Joe Johnson wasn't in the championship, you know, uh, obviously, you know. The best, the best team won. You know, I'm not gonna say that they should sit here and rig it. You know, that I'm a hundred percent, totally not saying that, totally against that. But you can't tell me that from a marketing perspective, the TBT was like, shoot, you know, Joe Johnson wasn't in the championship.
1: Yeah, and I think I mean, I think that helped it, the right? Pistons a lot, right? I mean, like, who's 110%. to say now that you know that you mentioned that? I mean, Pistons were just trying to take advantage of what they had and what kind of summer he's coming off of. Mm-hmm. You know, to continue their brand awareness on their team for. T- uh, an organization that's struggling, you know, at this point. So that's a a very well thought out point there. And I think the same could happen for Michael Beasley, despite his track record and maybe his, his public perception or the the public's perception on him, you know, one good season in the big three, a Joe Johnson, identical type of year could mark way right back in the NBA.
2: You go in there, you know, and I don't know if the season that Joe Johnson had last summer is, uh, Replicate, reclable or what you know, however, can whoa. be replicated. <laughs> um, but it's a mouthful. You know, they're also different players. So, but I think Michael Beasley, if he goes in there, he puts his head down. He, as a 31 year old, he he just dominates, which I believe that he's capable of doing at this point. Um, let's be honest too, like this, the I, big three is yeah.
1: very well suited for this game. I mean, yes 110
2: so he goes in there he has a funny interview or two with michael rapaport you know what i mean gets <laughs> trending a little bit because listen i'll tell you what you know when michael beasley played for the knicks he was like a like a pretty prominent guy for a year i'm thinking about him michael beasley michael beasley michael beasley people like he's he's almost like a cult guy you know what I mean? yeah. like, like a cult favorite guy like wherever he goes like almost kind of like uh you know, like a Jared Dudley, like sort of somebody that you don't necessarily, you know, think of, like isn't maybe a league wide popular player, but every team that he goes to, he leaves such a positive impression um, that the the people just automatically, the fans automatically attract to him. So now if you have him, you know, in a league like the big three, I think that it would absolutely help him at this point. I honestly, you know what, now that I'm sitting here, now that I'm thinking about it, if I'm Michael Beasley, if I'm not getting a call from the NBA... Um, that's my next move to the big three. No doubt. 100%.
1: And I think the way we laid it out, somebody get that to his PR guy or something because I think it'd be very beneficial for him. And, and, and you know, I think ultimately, sometimes it comes down to an ego thing. And I don't know any of these guys' egos, but I think some people sometimes think that the big three is kind of the, the next option when they want to be at the top option, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think putting it into perspective last summer and what Joe Johnson was able to accomplish and other guys have been able to accomplish, um, and the type of talent and the type of guys that played in the NBA and now playing in this league. I think that that should, you know, cut out any of the, any of his thought process of like, Oh man, this is a lesser option because we'll
2: we'll look at right. I mean, he, he went to China.
1: Yeah. And I think the big three is honestly a step ahead of China. Um, Mainly because of convenience and location, not necessarily right. because yeah, of the league, exactly. but I think because it's more prominent in the U.S. probably than Chinese basketball is. I, um, no, I
2: would agree. Um, I mean, also too, you know, you you talk about that too, that sort of mentality. Look at uh, look at what Dwayne Wade said. You know, either referencing the TBT, which I believe he was, or the big three, or both. He said, "I don't know if more guys will play in it." So that's Dwayne Wade saying, "Like, listen, like it seems like a cool idea, but I need more guys." You know, yeah I, I need, maybe that's what I it takes maybe to put their name on it
1: maybe the big three which this would be interesting but maybe they take you know why they take this year off they're just loading up connections and potential options that I are on, so, on the same scale as guys like joe johnson a zebo uh a dwayne wade you know so Dude, i i'm you know am crossing my fingers, Cube, fingers for that. jeff Amy, i wouldn't deny that something like Cube three. could do that you
2: know oh I, but I, I absolutely so just, i'll say this you know if you're those people you got to get on dwayne wade i think you know I, mean? I think you got you got to be calling him i think like, he's listen,
1: a game changer not for just season four 110 for the, for the league,
2: league in general i yeah. mean listen just like anything else think of the nba you know we're fans of joe johnson on this podcast you know but compare joe johnson as an nba player to dwayne wade as an nba player i mean you know People make arguments that, oh, should Joe Johnson be in the Hall of Fame? Should he not? I don't know. Oh, maybe. Whatever. I think there's arguments we had. Dwayne Wade is a uh, no-doubt Hall of Famer. No doubt. The the greatest player in the history of, you know, the Miami Heat franchise. And the entire franchise of an NBA team. There's only 30 of them. Yeah. Unless you want to count LeBron, which I don't count LeBron because he's only there for four years. Dwayne Wade is, you know – no, I he's agree. He's The greatest player in the history of that franchise. Yeah. that is, and he's he's still, you know, he's relatively. I don't know how old Dwayne Wade is off the top of my head, but he's relatively young, and I say that you know from a from a human lifespan type of view. You know, this man isn't pushing fifty.
1: Thirty-eight right now, which is about yeah, so is the same same age that Joe Johnson came into the big three
2: last summer. Right? Exactly, and Dwayne Wade was a valuable player his final year. Uh, last season I thought so too I mean he
1: did a lot of good things for Miami not just at the beginning of his career but also toward the end of his career I think it's a big Mm -hmm. reason Miami is where they are at right now and where they're headed is because of you know the stopgap that Dwayne Wade came back and and impact he made so
2: he would be because let me tell you something Dwayne Wade is one of those guys that opens up an entire new realm to this yeah Because all Dwayne Wade has to do is get on the phone and say, oh, Mello. Oh, Chris Paul. You know, I don't think, you know, and I know what the next name is. i don't, not even going to put that out there. Um, We got that guy to a game. I think that's still a big accomplishment. Right. I think that's a huge accomplishment. So I'm not even going to say that. But if Dwayne Wade can do it, I would say that anything is possible. Well, here's to holding out hope.
1: Went off on a little tangent there, but I this think this
2: has really become the Dwayne Wade episode. This has which become the Dwayne We didn't anticipate, it. but
1: we, we did not. But I think it's I think it's a good point to highlight because I know that we're really excited by the potential opportunity. It's ultimately going to depend on how the big three returns and to what capacity. But you know, I I think that being on the right track on where we're doing and them having some plans in place for the the show, and then ultimately the 2021 season, just having a year to like kind of like refresh yourself and get everything in order, I think it's going to be good. But like you said, at the top of their priority list during this year off, Dwayne Wade, D-Wade, Flash, whatever you want to put at the top, he, he should be there. So I think, I guess we'll just really find out. We'll just continue to keep monitoring Dwayne Wade and his, his potential and his itch to come back to basketball. But in terms, you know, I know we got a little off track there. In terms of players that we Let's talk about what's coming up. Yeah, absolutely. In terms about the TBT, I just want to say congrats to the the Marquette guys again. Congrats to our our guy, Mo Charlo. And it was a really fun event. And I think we now switch to the TBT. Absolutely. Just to be able to accomplish this during a pandemic and everything going on and to do it with the protocols in place. You know they came out with a lot of reports and continued to update people. And you know by the end of it, had no cases of coronavirus, which was awesome to see. Real example, you know, for not just for just the NBA and other leagues to come about, depending on how long this thing lasts. So, so props to them. Uh, looking forward to you know future TBTS, and we moved from one tournament to the next tournament, which we touched on a little bit last week, and that's the five tournament, and that's going to feature a lot of our big three guys. It's going to be on Showtime pay-per-view. It it should be a really good event. It's not going to be the same style, but it's going to start this Sunday, July 19th, and it's going to feature pretty much the entire Big Three League, almost, between six teams.
2: Um, Basically, all the starters, yeah. What are you
1: looking forward to the most about the five tournament? Maybe something more Um, individually
2: or specific, even. I mean, I'll tell you what. I know this doesn't really answer your question, um, but just even talking about the guests that we're going to have on today, just even having that in the back of my mind, I'm really excited to see all the different combinations of players um, that we're going to see that maybe we haven't gotten the chance to see play together in a 3v3 format. Like, for instance, um, Brandon Rush and Jermaine Taylor. I feel like that is going to be a crazy duo.
1: Yeah, I really like that duo too. And luckily for us, we're going to get a chance to talk to Jermaine Taylor and hear about the insights of how the five tournament even came about which is pretty crazy when we spoke to him about it um but we kind of go into the insights of how the five tournament is laid out and everything going on with it i'm excited for that duo as well before we jump into the taylor interview i do want to say probably what i'm anticipating the most is my favorite duo is going to be joe johnson and david hawkins i think that's going to be an interesting one uh an mvp and an mvp candidate and that texas five team is going to be killer so Really excited to see that, but without further ado, we're going to talk to Jermaine, so here's Jermaine Taylor. Appreciate you guys tuning to this half of the episode. All right, we now turn our attention to our guest for this episode, a two-time member of Ball Hogs and a guy who's about to make a big comeback here soon, and Jermaine Taylor. Jermaine, we appreciate you coming on, Uh, appreciate you coming on again here.
0: Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you having
1: me. Absolutely. Well, good to hear from you. I know it's a lot has changed in the last year that we talked. You know, even for this show, you know, adding Will as a co-host here. But just start here. I mean, how's everything on your end? Um, How's you know, kind of this quarantine session been for you and your family? Uh,
0: To be honest, man, my life hasn't really changed too much. I mean, all I really did anyway was just work out and just really just chill so that's uh I mean my life is pretty much the same except I can't play as much but other than that
1: everything is you know pretty much the same. Nice nice yeah that's good to hear and I you know obviously we know the kind of injury you went through uh at the beginning of season three there the first game where you tore your Achilles so you know as expected you're going through that long rehab process but just based on you know some of the social media, um, you know some of the videos you've posted, looking pretty good. Looking like you're way ahead of schedule. But you know, where are you at right now? And you know, have you been able to get back on the court yet and play a little bit?
0: Yeah. Well, I've been rehabbing for literally the past year. Um, I haven't played, but I've been training, working out, uh, doing drills. I've been doing that for a while. I mean, I feel good. I'm excited to see you know, how I'm going to play once I step on the court just because I've been training in a way that I've never trained before. I've been doing things that I've never done before. So I'm, I'm excited to see how my body's going to respond to it. You know, I'm just ready to get back out there, man. This
1: is the love of my life. Yeah.
0: It's been a whole year since i played, so, you know,
1: I'm, I'm ready to get back started. Yeah, that's dope. And I know that, you know, when we last talked, the Big Three kind of brought that love of the game back for you, so I know that was, you know, kind of a tough one for you. Um, but I know, too, that you were working with Moochie Norris, who, you know, actually played for Ballhawks, two in season one there, before season three. Have you been working with him, you know, during this rehab process, or were you working with him leading up to season four?
0: Um, I'm definitely uh, headed up to season four. I'm going to be working with him. But I actually just moved back out to Houston uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I'm, once I leave this uh, this tournament, the five tournament coming up, uh, then I'll start working back out with Moochie again. So I'm excited, man. I can't wait. So I I would love for you to expand on something you said earlier. She said
2: you're uh, doing new things with your body and you're trying out different exercises
0: or techniques. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, there's, uh, you know, uh, the guys I've been uh, rehabbing with in Orlando, Florida, uh, New Dimension, uh, just their way of training. uh, it's, it's It's like injury prevention training. But it's just things that I've never done before. And if I could go back in time, I would not train any other way except this way. Oh, wow. Uh Uh, Yeah, it's it's something I'm telling you, it's something I've I've literally never done before. It's uh, you're working on movement and stretching all at once, and our movement, strengthening, and stretching all at once with the different exercises. And like, I'll leave that workout, like, it's, it's easy, it's not hard at all but you feel it. You know what I mean? Like, I leave those workouts feeling like I've got so much done, you know, core, just everything. So, uh, just working on different movements, uh, you know, it's just like preparing you for the game. So, the, the movements that you make while you're playing are the same movements that you're doing while you're working out, except you're stretching and, and strengthening all at the same time. So, I mean, with the technology, you know, everything's evolving and, you know, so is, you know, the training, so... It's just my first time doing something
1: like that. And like I said, man, just, the way my body feels now. It's just, uh, I feel incredible. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, You know, we've been able to see a little bit of that. And just, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes take for granted how hard things can be just in life in general. So, you know, you breaking it down like that. And, and the way you feel is pretty incredible. It's, it's pretty cool to see how just exercise and and movement of the body has has evolved as a whole you know um you know each year so cool to see that you're you're feeling feeling good and you know i i know that the expectation coming into the summer was probably to play in season four get back out there um kind of you know kind of uh feed off what you were doing in season two and and you know when we talked to you it was about breaking out you know we i i'm a big fan of yours i know the skills that you had in season two and I was really ready to see that in season three. Um, obviously, you know, the world works in mysterious ways, but mm-hmm. the expectation coming into season four, I mean, and then, then the season's canceled. What, what did you kind of make all make up everything and them canceling the season? Uh, to be honest,
0: man, the way, you know, I live my life, is I believe everything has its reasons. So I believe that this is just, you know, that, you know, um, the season was meant to go on, I believe we'll keep going on. But the fact that it's not, so I just take it it's not supposed to. So I look at everything, you know, as it's reason. I don't, you know, dwell on it too much. I just take it as it is, and I just move forward. And before uh, before sort of this five tournament, which we're going to get
2: into, was announced, we saw a lot of big three guys, as soon as the league got canceled, flock towards the TVT. Was that anything that you were sort of looking into or anybody ever
0: reach out, maybe trying to recruit you for one of their teams? Uh, yeah, I had some, some uh, teams trying to recruit me, but, you know, uh, my thing is is right now is just to get as healthy as I can. So um, if the big three wasn't going on, I wasn't going to do anything. You know, I wasn't going to, like, I was going to use that time just to keep training. You know, I didn't want to play. I just I just wanted to know, just keep doing what I was doing, keeping the same momentum that I had, keeping my mind where it was, and just, like I said, just keep training and keep going. I mean, if someone like I felt like uh Joe Johnson team, they would have reached out, then, you know, I probably would have been. <laughs> the, the Teams that I feel like were reaching out, I mean, nothing against them. I just don't feel like uh, it was something that I wanted to do. You know? But if I felt like it was like a definite for sure win, because I looked at their team, their team, you know, their team this night, nice. I thought they were definitely going to take it. So if they would have reached out, I definitely would have, you know, I would have laced up the shoes for that. But anything else, I'm
1: going to pass and just keep doing what I'm doing and, you know, just keep letting my body heal. Yeah, understandable. I mean, you know, you got to pick and choose the right time to put your body on the line there. And, yeah. you know, it's. Right now, the the TBT championship is going on. That's about to end. And, you know, we've really seen an evolution in summer hoops just with the big three, the TBT, and now this five tournament. So we're about to move from one tournament to the next. Obviously, a lot of big three guys involved. You're playing for that Sacramento team with pretty much, I think, all guys that are either played in the big three or have big three experience. How did this tournament come about or, you know, how did the opportunity come about in general?
0: I was the second year that I played in the Big Three. Uh, my guy Jerry walked up to me, He's the guy who had the patches. I don't know if you uh, know B1 uh, vitamin patches. Oh, yeah. And uh, me just knowing what the vitamin B1 was because I had a, a vitamin B1 deficiency when I was in college. So um, I just knew what the vitamin B1 was, and I just knew I needed it. So I wore it my first game out. And I just, I felt amazing. Like I felt it. Like I knew it was working. I felt my energy. I felt focused. You know. So since then, I just started wearing the patches every day. And then uh, he saw me wearing the patches, and then he just, uh, you know, he took a liking to me. Uh, got to know me more. I uh, got to know him. And then, uh, unfortunately, I ended up getting injured um, in the first game. Uh, and he, he he just felt bad because I was one of the only guys wearing the patches, and he just like he felt like a lot of people that I was going to have an outbreak season, you know. So him knowing how big the patch was going to be, out of the kindness of, of the heart, he gave me shares to the company, and then um uh, awesome. I started talking to him. Hey, yeah, I started talking to him more, and he started to see how I think, and you know, he actually gave me a title in the company, gave me more shares, and he just been you know supporting me this whole journey and you know, looking out, you know, and. And then, um, you know, I was actually there when we set the uh, set this tournament up. You was know, it was crazy to see it work. Yeah, it was crazy to see it work because I saw him write everything out on a, a napkin at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and now to see, yeah, so now to see it, uh, uh, the, the, the dream that he had in his head now was like coming true. I mean, it was it was amazing for me to watch. I mean, it was amazing for me to see. Like it was it's crazy.
2: That's so the thing that I'm super interested about um, is, I, is, so the roster's been announced, you know the team, you sort of understand the format, it's going to be 3v3, which is you know, it's a big three podcast, we're familiar with that to say the least, um, but I feel like a lot of the other details are still sort of uh, a mystery, so are you guys, is there going to be a bubble, like what the TV team, what the NBA is doing right now?
0: Uh, yeah, going to be something like that. I mean, we're, it's definitely the safety first. So we're going to be, uh, you know, there's not, not going to be a crowd. Um, we're going to begin the testing. And, uh, yeah, pretty much it's, it's just like, you know, the bubble. we're going to be in an area, you know, uh, everything's going to be safe, playing, no, no fans and everything, which, you know, I kind of hate that, but you know, of course we understand it. But, you know, it is what it is. And make sure uh, you guys check it out. It's going to be on pay-per-view also. So, I mean, you can order right from your TV. And, you know, and it's actually – see, things like these are for the players. And that's why I, I, um, I respect Jerry so much and, uh, you know, the B1 Pets because they are all about the players. Everything is about us. You know, sometimes you'll have people put things together, and it's about making money. It's about other things but this is really about us. Like, we get, uh, you know, if if everyone goes out and, you know, we rent the pay-per-view dish, like the players are the ones who are getting the majority
1: of the income. So, you
0: know, that's always, yeah, that's always a good thing, especially for guys, you know, uh, not not being able to play right now. And with the big three being canceled, you know, guys, we still have families, we still have jobs. I mean, we still have, you know, and things. So, it's just, I mean, it's a good thing. Yeah, that's awesome, and I feel like, especially exactly, I think you hit the nail on the head that
2: you know during a time where not everybody uh, is lucky enough to be working. I think the fact that you're able to give some of these guys an income is great. Uh, But you look at some of the at some of these teams' rosters, you know, Joe Johnson, David Hawkins, uh, yourself, Brandon Rush, Nate Robinson. What was the recruitment process like? Because I feel like you know, Anthony and I talked about it uh, on another episode. It almost this is like the Big Three All Star tour that we never ended up getting in China and I feel like now you guys have just sort of recreated that on your own what was
0: the recruitment process like to get all these guys I mean I'm sure it was pretty easy I mean for me he just coached back to I was like yeah I'm playing you because know? I mean like you said times like these we're not playing, we're not doing anything so anytime there's you know an opportunity to do something that we love and also get a paycheck from it you know,
1: uh, I'm sure you guys always going to jump on board. So I'm, I'm still like, you know, not to reflect too hard, but I'm still very intrigued by, by Jerry and his, this idea coming on, you know, on a napkin, man. And now it's on Showtime, pay-per-view, you know, got some world-class athletes playing in this from the big three. And, you know, here we are about to do this tournament. And, uh, you know, unlike the TBT, it's not really the single elimination. You guys have teams. Um, there's five of you, kind of the big three format. But what is what is this going to kind of look like just in terms of like playing, um, you know, the winner at the end? What is all the, what's kind of the format of this tournament um, in comparison to something like the TBT? Well, there's uh, six teams, you know, uh, every team
0: has five players on the roster. So every team will play each other once. Uh, the top four teams are, are the ones that want to advance. Uh, there's going to be a semifinal game and then the championship game. So that's, that's basically how it's going
1: to work. Okay. And are you guys doing, you know, obviously, season four, the biggest thing was like new rules uh, highlighted by the bring the fire rule. Has that something you guys have talked about testing or any of the new rules? Uh, no, no. Uh, I
0: mean, that was, this isn't really like the big three. You know, okay. Um, A lot of the players are playing from the big three, but it's it's not the big three. It's it's something, you know, different. Uh, So, uh, we have our own rules, which, I mean, it's just a record three-on-three. You know what I mean? It's it's not going to be...
1: Not too, like, intricate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that.
0: So, Jermaine, um, I want
2: to... I'm actually happy you're on right now because the 5 tournament actually sort of just made a pretty major announcement, so I'm not really too sure if you're familiar with this or not, but I'd love to just get your first reaction. So the 5 tournament just announced that they're adding another event uh, to the weekend, which is a 5v5 game. Uh, one team is going to be comprised of ex-NBA guys. Um, I do not believe that roster has been finalized yet. But another one is going to be all ex-WNBA All-Stars, as well as a couple of... Uh, like notable NCAA women's teams,
0: so I guess what is your just hearing that? What's your first reaction? Um, I actually heard about uh yesterday. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, but I'm excited because I'm actually going to play in that too. And oh, nice! I mean, we're gonna we're, we're gonna get to see you know because you know there's a lot of females, You know, uh, what comes to mind is when Brittany uh, I forgot her name, Brittany Griner. I think so she oh, yeah. about the Marcus Cousins. She believes she can play the Marcus Cousins and, this and that. So I mean. It's definitely going to give us, you know, a chance to to see, you know, how we how we add up against each other, you know I mean? So I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I think it's the first time in history that uh,
2: there's ever been anything i like this. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, that's what the moves. first really says, and I definitely, I can't think of anything else uh, yeah. that would be comparable. Yeah, absolutely, I'm excited, you know. I, I think yeah. this is an awesome idea. Yeah,
1: yeah I so think it's going to be dope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And will but you that's know
0: Jerry? Though man, that's that's how Jerry is. He's a, yeah, Jerry's a great guy too, man. By the way, like he's he's really you know doing everything that you know doing my whole injury and everything. He's been there for me long, the whole way, man. It's just nothing but a class act. So I can't say enough good things about Jerry. That's what's we up. Have to have him on, Anthony.
1: Yeah, shout out to Jerry for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, so let's break down these teams a little bit because you know, all of them are pretty stacked, obviously, you know, a lot of good players in there, but you're going to be playing with the Sacramento team alongside Mike Bibby, Brandon Rush, Dante Jones, and then Dante Green, who's been playing in this TBD tournament. You know, what do you think of your team right now? And I mean, obviously you guys are, you're probably in the mindset of you guys are going to win, obviously, but what do you think of your squad right now?
0: Oh, yeah, we definitely have the best team. Definitely <laughs> it. I think it'll be us and Texas in Texas uh, in the finals. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with the team that I'm on. So if I could choose any team to be on, it would definitely
1: be Sacramento. So, <laughs> <laughs> how, how did these uh, teams come together? Was it just kind of you guys got a pool of players and you guys kind of picked who you wanted to play with? Or how did that come about?
0: So what I think he, what I think it was, uh, you know, we just got the players, see who I wanted to play, and then you went off of the NBA team that they played for, and okay. you know, looking for uh, like, for example, like Sacramento, like we all
1: played for the Sacramento Kings. So you know that that's basically uh, how it worked. Um, you know, the guys who played for certain teams and from the pool, you know what I mean, and, and just went from there. Nice. And this is going to be really, your, you know, your first time kind of competing again, um, you know, since your yeah. injury. I know you touched on it a little bit. What, you know, what's kind of your thoughts, you know, first time getting back out on the court and competing at such a high level? Uh, I'm excited, man. I can't wait to see, you
0: know, how I'm going to play. I mean, I remember uh, Rashad Lewis did the same injury, and he was back. Um, a year later, and he was playing good, I think he averaged 14, yeah. and so did uh, Corey Maggette, he came back that following year, got MVP of the league, and, you know, averaged, I think, like 22 or something like that, and, you know, nothing to those guys, but they're a lot older than, than I was, and, like, I'm still doing, like, I'm still dunking, I can still do a 360, I'm still moving the same, uh, it was really just like riding a bike when I stepped on the court for the first time. I was even depressed with myself. I was like, "Wow, maybe <laughs> this is why I was I was working out so hard before my injury because it, it hasn't gone anywhere. Like it's literally my handles, my shot. Like I went four months without touching the basketball and I stepped on the court and I hit like three in a row. It was like the <laughs> craziest thing because usually I thought I was gonna be rusty. I thought I was going to be like you know, no, you know, hesitant with certain things, but it was nothing. And then last week when I was, uh, you know, I started doing my drills again and things like that. It was just, oh, okay, yeah, this is this is that, that feeling. I remember this, you know what I mean? So I'm excited because I know once I start moving full speed and I start spinning, that's when the year of rehab and the thing, the new things I learned, that's when all of that's gonna come out. Once I start like really moving, because I know my body's gonna be able to to move in different ways that I've never been able to move. Like even some of my moves, like as far as like spinning left. I can spin left so much easier now because usually when I would spin, uh, there was like a jam in my hip. But because of from all the, the the stretching that I've been doing and the new workouts, that jam isn't there anymore. So And that was just something that I noticed on my own once I got back on the court. So I was like, wow, and I'm not even going full speed. So once I start really going full speed and start playing, I know I'm going to shock myself. Like I said, these are workouts that I've never
1: done before. That's crazy. And now it's kind of all coming together. The hard work you put in before season three, then what you've learned, you know, during the year and, you know up to now. Yeah. So from the physical standpoint, you're you're set. It sounds like you're you're ready to go. Mentally though, you know, yeah. just from our understanding and our perspective, it's a pretty tough injury to to just experience. But it, you know, just from what we heard is that like, you know, Corey was pretty supportive of you just having gone through the same injury. Did he kinda like um Talk to you, give you some advice. What were kind of his words to you, you know, when that happened?
0: Oh, yeah, he reached out to me literally like a couple of hours after I did it. And so did Rashad, and they just, you know, basically told me um, what was ahead, some of the things that I was going to have to uh, deal with, some of the things to make sure I, I stay on it. Because, uh, you know, like, uh, for example, Corey was tired. Rashad was telling me that um, uh, his hip was getting tight. So he was taking, making telling me to make sure I, I keep stretching my hip, and then there was a part of time during my rehab that I started feeling it in my hip also, and I was like, okay, thank God for Rashad because you know, I was already on this, you know what I mean? So, and I haven't had any problems since. So you know, those guys going through that injury before you know I did, I expect that as, you know the blessing I had someone who went through it before me and could you know walk me through some of the things that I had to, that I'll be you know facing.
1: Absolutely, and I think that's the part I really love about the Big Three the most is that camaraderie, and just to see you guys, you know, being able to do that again, you know, this upcoming Sunday on Showtime, correct, and pay per view. It's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of fun, yeah. And you guys, you guys have a really good team, and really everybody does. So it looks like it's gonna be a battle, um, but oh, yeah. for sure, I'm really looking, uh, really excited. To see you back on the court, you you know, I've been a pretty big advocate, um, not trying to fanboy too much, but been a pretty big advocate, you know, and fan of yours since I've seen you in the big three. And, you know, I was really excited to see you and do a little bit more in season three, but I'm glad you're healthy and I'm I'm glad, you know, everything is going well for you in the rehab process and just excited to see you back on the court there, man. So I appreciate, you you know, just dropping by, uh, talking about the five turn a a little bit and uh, best of luck to you um, this upcoming weekend. Oh, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you uh, having me on.
0: Absolutely. Take it easy. Thank you, man, too. Thank you.